Welcome to the Banyan Edge Podcast. Here's your host, Charles Sizemore. Welcome. I'm your host, Charles Sizemore. This is the Banyan Edge Podcast. And today, you are in for a treat. Because not only are we talking about economics and finance, we're talking about sports. And to help me with that, I have brought on Chief Research Analyst Matt Clark, who, among other various tasks, is our one of our data guys, and he's also our resident sports historian and sports statistician. So, Matt, welcome. Thanks. That's 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 quite an open. Uh, I, I don't think I, I've ever referred <laughs> to it as sports statistician or anything like that, but I'll take it. Uh, not a problem. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but earlier in your no, no, career, no. you actually were a sports writer. I was. Uh, covered everything from pro sports to, you know, small high school sports. I had the, uh, the luxury of doing kind of everything in between and really it was a lot of fun, um, a lot of work, a lot of travel, but uh, got to meet some very interesting characters. But yeah. I spend a lot of time pontificating about sports and bar stools, but you know, I wouldn't <laughs> really consider myself an expert. I, at that. I I encountered a lot of those people too. So, and sometimes <laughs> it'd be about what I saw at a game. Sometimes it'd be about what I wrote about a player or what I wrote about a coach. You get all kinds. Every one thing that is universal is that everyone is a fan of some sport in some form or fashion, and everyone likes to, as you say, pontificate about what they're what their love is, uh, you know, whether they think it's good or bad, whether they think their team is bad or whether they think they, their team is great. That is a universal. Or the coach, the coach, the coach is always a good punching bag, right? That's, 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 <laughs> that's probably the best punching bag out there is either the management or the coach. It's like every dictator or king always had a prime minister. So they had someone to either fire or execute when things went bad. That's the coach. Like that, that, that's and, and that is and that is no different. There is there, the the coach is always the sacrificial lamb in any level of sports, whether you're talking about college football, because you see it all, and, and even assistant coaches. But, but it's from the, the pro game all the way down to like peewee baseball, man. It doesn't like, matter. It, it makes <laughs> a difference. It, it makes, and, and, and fans are just as furious and, and, and fanatical um, on any level. Um, you know, I, just as an aside, not to get carried away, but I also, I, I, I when I was much younger and could do it, I, I was an umpire for baseball, softball, and things like that. And, you know, I tell you what, the younger the, I, I won't the, ask you to do your, your your strike, you know, voice because it'd be probably it was your, loud. your piercing. It, it, yeah. it was loud. <laughs> I, I my voice already carries. I they, I would call on one field. They could hear my strike calls on another. So um, but, it, you know, the younger the age group was that I would be uh, umpiring, uh, you know, the more vehement the crowd would become. So all those videos <laughs> you see on social media about parents being absolutely insane when it comes to it is all true that is not made up that is not scripted it is all legitimate that ha my, it's happened my, for my years. son plays on a competitive so uh, soccer team like one of those that like travels the world and stuff and yeah mm -hmm. I, I i see the fanaticism firsthand it's, i, I it's I insane it. it's and it's, and it's <laughs> everywhere it's everywhere i mean if you look just at the well, i know we're going to talk about uh you know soccer i don't want to tease out but uh, you know if you look there are even here in the United States, there are fan groups for soccer clubs, football clubs that are absolutely fanatical. And they do these things they call, they're called TIFOs. These are the big things that on the fans end of the stadium, they will raise this big cloth-like thing. Sometimes it's an insult to the other team. Sometimes, most likely it's an insult to the other team. Uh, you know, if Highly you probable. And, you know, they, they, they <laughs> chant, they, it's, it's, it's a great atmosphere. Don't get me wrong. It's probably... 
I, you know, it's it's not England, it's not Premier League, but it is. It is. It well, is you're also not likely to eat your teeth knocked out in a hooligan no, fight. It's no, certainly less likely. No, no, you won't. And, you know, <laughs> and and even if you weren't a a soccer football fan before, I think things like uh, Hulu did the series Welcome to Wrexham. This was the profile of Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney's purchase of Wrexham. Uh, the club in Wales. Uh, I, I think that drew a ton of of love and interest, if not just for Wrexham, but I think for the game itself. A lot of people followed that story. Um, obviously, if Deadpool is doing year. it, it has to be cool, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it is that immediate cool factor when Ryan Reynolds is involved. I feel bad for Rob McElhenney because he's actually probably more active with the, with the club than Ryan Reynolds is, but Ryan Reynolds gets all the press. But uh, you know, it is what it is. But oh, yeah, he knew that going into it. He did. That's why he, he partnered with him. He, he but did. anyway. And, but there's there. I think I think that really helped grow um some some love for the game here in the united states um which is where you know the game of soccer has kind of been lacking in terms of its popularity because we have and about know, that about that. yeah and, and there's your transition there's drum my roll help. drum roll <laughs> speaking of things that will generate interest in american soccer of course you are aware that the arguably the goat the greatest of all time in, in this is the equivalent of a michael jordan or a tom brady in soccer uh, Lionel Messi, he uh, he just signed with uh, Inter Miami, and he is coming. He is coming to America. This that is, is a this big is, deal. This is a groundbreaking deal. This is, um, you know, even if you're not a sports fan, I, I think you will will somehow, in some form or fashion, feel the gravity of what this actually means. And I speak on that aside from my passion for soccer, because it is my sport of choice. It is the sport that I enjoyed the most in terms of as a viewer i enjoyed it whenever i got to write about it um that is that is my sport uh, and, and 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 well matt and, for, for the the non-soccer fans out there people that are, that are still new to this mm -hmm. would you say that this is sort of the equivalent of what michael jordan did for basketball a lot of people that were just casual fans at, at most they were vaguely aware there was a league that they might have known there was some guy named larry bird or magic johnson but then Mike, Michael Jordan comes along and everyone wants to be like Mike. I mean, everybody uh, roughly our age grew up on the playground trying to ball like Jordan. I mean, that was a joke, of course. We were <laughs> ridiculous. I would love to have video footage of how bad we were. But, uh, you know, everyone wanted to be like Mike. I think, so, yeah. you know, I think instead of, of that, this would be the equivalent of Michael Jordan um, in his probably second go around with the Bulls, deciding to transfer and play in the Italian Basketball League. Um, and the reason why okay. I say that is because, you know, in, in the U.S., the NBA is massive. I mean, it is huge. There, there, it does have some footing in Europe, but it's not nearly as popular as, say, soccer. So when you have a player of that caliber go from the absolute pinnacle of of popularity and height and 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 where recently the won the world the cup i might add and then you take him and then you insert that player into a league that is still very popular but not nearly on the level of where he's coming from i think that's a more accurate depiction of what this looks like i mean we as americans we always had michael jordan we always had Michael Jordan on television playing for the Bulls. We always that was always something that we had. We haven't always had Lionel Messi. We certainly have not had the the luxury of being able to see Lionel Messi play on American soil. 
and I, so I think that that is probably a more accurate representation of what this is like. It would be, like I said, like Michael Jordan going from the NBA and going to play in the Italian league or going to, or, or LeBron James, if you're, if you want to look at it as a more recent speech, LeBron James leaving the Lakers and saying, you know what? I want a new challenge. I'm going to go play in Greece. And then what he will do for that sport in Greece will be massive. And then they will have a ripple effect across the entire European continent. The same thing happens here with Lionel Messi. You have who I would consider, and this is not an indifference to those who are, uh, you know, of my age, who's, who watch Pele play, uh, the original Ronaldo from Brazil, uh, not Cristiano, the original Ronaldo, uh, you know, both Ronaldos, if you will, who who watch them play. Pick a Ronaldo. Uh, and just pick yeah, one. any Ronaldo from from Brazil, not Brazil, not Portugal, but from Brazil. Uh, you know, you know, from Gattuso in Italy, uh, Zinedine Zidane uh, from France. You know, anyone who grew up watching those players, that you know, they were you know great players of their time. But if you're looking for a generational talent who has transformed the game from day one, I think you have to look at Lionel Messi as that player. And even though he is not young, he's going to be I think 35 years old. He's not a spring chicken, yeah. but there is a lot to be said about, you know, the fact that he still plays, he still, you know, he still has game. He's not, you know, he he's not just, he's not a wheelchair on the sideline looking for his coaching gig. He's, he's playing and he's playing well. I think in, in, in Ligue 1, it, when he, he played was the man PSG, of the match in, 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 in the, the world cup. I mean, was, yeah, that's the thing. The I mean, match, he, the, uh, we're, 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 we're six the, months. The top dude in the world cup, whatever that title we're, was. We're, we're six months removed from him being, from him winning, leading Argentina to win a world cup. Um, he won two league on titles with Paris Saint-Germain in, in, in France, his most recent club. Four I think champions did, leagues, four, four, four champions, champions leagues, leagues with Barcelona. With Barcelona. Um, you know, and I'm just talking about just recently. Like, so to, to suggest seven that, Ballon d'Or awards, which for, for yeah, the initiated, that's that is roughly the, the equivalent of, of like MVP. Yeah, that is, that is the NBA MVP. You know, the Ballon d'Or is, is, is the pinnacle of football awards. And, but I mean, even just recently, like I said, PSG just won the league on title. Um, yeah. and, and part as part of that, he's played with Neymar and Neymar Jr. and, and Mbappe, killing Mbappe. He still managed to not only notch goals, but provide assists um, and in the double digits. So we're not talking about, you know, he may be getting up in age, but he's still got a lot of game left. And I think, you know, the prospect of having not only that name recognition come to Inter Miami, but also have that potential for a club like Inter Miami, who, by the way, is in last place in its conference right now. So this is, you know, a, even more storyline to go with it here. Um, you know, I, I think is 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 huge, and and there's a there's a ton of spidering storylines here uh, to talk about. You can talk about the impact South Florida has had on on the sporting industry this year. You have the Miami Grand Prix with over two hundred seventy thousand people. Uh, in attendance, you've got the Florida Panthers, which are just down the road in Sunrise. They're in the NHL Finals. You have the Miami Heat, um, are in the NHL, are the NBA Finals. Um, we won't say anything about the Marlins because they're the Marlins, oh. but they are in, they are in second place in 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 the in the NL East. Um, take that for what you will. Uh, and then the other Miami Dolphins, which you know they they made the playoffs last year, so they're on the rise. So you know there is that. But I think to focus this, I think needs to be more on just the impact of the name Lionel Messi, um, and yep. it is it is huge. And yeah, you, to list off his accomplishments is something that could, we could spend hours talking about all the things that Lionel we, Messi we has done do that over to the course of his career. 
but you know there there is obviously There's wikipedia for that we won't do that one. <laughs> yeah you can you can research that on your own um because there are vast uh, they are vast um but but i think you know we we look at the benefits here and and clearly um you know the most the, the biggest impact here right now right away goes to inter miami um this is a club that was started uh is co-owned by david beckham if you're unfamiliar with who david beckham is one of the original um manchester united players of the class of 96 uh, played for Sir Alex Ferguson, won Champions Leagues, won you know, league titles in the Premier League, um, did great things, came over, actually played. Uh, Legendary for, soccer soccer player, married to one of the Spice Girls. For Married the, to a Spice Girl, if, you, if you're not, yeah, if you're not soccer inclined, he is married to Victoria Beckham, um, who, was a spice, who was a Spice Girl. But, you know, interestingly enough. She's now a Spice he, woman because she's more mature now, so. <laughs> Some would say. Um, you know, he actually moved from Europe to the LA Galaxy uh, and part of his deal to come to uh, play in MLS, which was really fledgling at the time, was that he would get um, an ownership cut or a, a reduced stake in an ownership at a later time, which coincidentally he took and he you know, paid a $25 million franchise fee for Inter Miami. The franchise fee is more along the lines of 100 to 125 million. So he paid a, a discounted rate. And he, uh, as a co-owner with the Moz brothers of Inter Miami, fast forward to today, and now he has leveraged that to bring on the world's greatest player um, into Inter Miami. And I know we're going to talk about the the deal for Messi uh, here in just a second. But so I think Inter Miami, this this obviously is a huge move for Inter Miami, who is still actually without a coach. Um, they actually parted ways with Phil Neville um, just well, about a week or so ago. I, I'm sure they um, had people forming a queue to, to bid um, for the job I, at this point. <laughs> I, ironically, the leading candidate for the job is a gentleman named Tata Martinez. Uh, he is the former uh, coach for uh, Atlanta United. He also was the Mexican national team coach and was recently let go by the Mexican national team. He is a great coach. He's actually coached Argentina. He's coached Messi. He was an assistant at Barcelona where Messi was. So Martinez has, he is the odds on favorite to become the new head coach for Inter Miami. And if that's the case, that's just, it's not as big as of Messi, but you put that in there and Tata Martinez is a great, is a fantastic coach. It was, you know, it would be um, like getting Bill Parcells. Um, to to, to come nice. and, and coach. So you think of it that way. But uh, and, and there's other benefits here as well. I think you know you have to look at the the exposure for the for MLS Major League Soccer. That is huge. Um, every game, as I, I read this this morning actually, uh, or uh, last week, and right immediately after the signing uh, was was made kind of official per se. No contracts actually been signed yet, but um, every Inter Miami match anywhere. For the remainder of the 2023 season is sold out. You can know even even if Messi's not playing, he's his earliest potential time to to, to suit up and play for Inter Miami isn't until July, July 21st, uh, when they play Club Lyon in in the League Cup. Um, so even before that, those matches are sold out and not sold out at a $29 per ticket typical you know price tag. We're talking about $400, $500 for nosebleed seats to see a game where the player they're coming to see isn't even there. So you already see the immediate impact in terms of visibility for Inter-Miami, visibility for the entire league. You've got merchandising, which is just going to be ungodly. Um, I don't I'm think- I'm sure I'll be buying a couple of Messi jerseys for my kids. Adidas I, I, is not going to- Adidas will not be able to crank out a Messi jerseys for Inter-Miami fast enough. They won't. They, 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 they will not be able to keep up with demand. Um, you know, you have the possibility of other players- 
you know, coming to Inter Miami to play. I, I, there's already been rumblings of Sergio Busquets from from Barcelona, uh, who's on a free transfer. He's he could be coming. You have um, uh, another player, and I completely just lost his name. Plays for a Uruguay international, played for Liverpool in Barcelona. Um, he's now at Gramino in Brazil. Um, you know, great player. Uh, he bit an ear. Uh, at, at, Suarez. In the uh, Luis Suarez. That's right. Um, yep. He has already told Gramino that he's done. He's he's coming here. Again, media reports, a lot of fascination. But again, the potential now for David Beckham and and and, and Jorge Mas, the co-owners of, of Inter Miami, to bring in quality players now um, outside of the American scope is huge. And the allure is you have South Beach, you have Miami, which is kind of the Latin American capital of the world, if you will. Um, and you know, so drawing quality Latin players from Europe or from South America is not going to be hard at all, especially yeah, it's a short plane ride from, from, from South America. It, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. What you have to feel bad for is the current roster of inter Miami, uh, you know, because <laughs> there's going to be some turnover and there's going to be some players that won't have jobs. So that's uh, you know, that, that, that happens. So, you know, you, you see inter Miami MLS Adidas, uh, Adidas is going to be a big player here, but I think there's one, uh, you know, one big, if you're looking at it from a trading aspect, and I know that's kind of the point of what, what we want to talk about, there is one company that trades that has the potential to be a very big benefactor of this messy signing. And it's one you wouldn't really think of. I mean, if, if I asked you right now, I know, you, I know, you know, but I if I asked you right now, it might be named after a fruit. It is. Uh, it is. And it's Apple. And, and, and there's a simple reason behind it. Um, first, you have to kind of understand the structure of Messi's potential deal to come to Inter Miami. First and foremost, he turned down uh, almost a billion dollars to play in Saudi Arabia. And there's a lot of reasons behind that. Number one, you know, I don't think Lionel Messi is a very quiet individual. He's not He's not a flamboyant personality. He's not your typical European football player. He's not uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic or, or anything like that. He's not LeBron James. He's not. He, that's not. He's remarkably he level-headed. Like to a he shocking extent. He is very level-headed. Very level-headed. Very quiet. He does his. He does his. He he, he he makes his statements on the pitch, not in the press. Um, so I think there was a bit of a turnoff there to go to Saudi Arabia. Number one, um, there's not much of a challenge there. Uh, you have the the PIF, the the infrastructure fund, fund for Saudi Arabia. That now too, like the word on the street was just his wife really wanted to go to Miami, and he's at a stage where he's like, "I've already accomplished everything I want to accomplish. Why for not sure. go to Miami?" For sure. I mean, he already has a lot. He has a penthouse in Miami. Uh, you know, he's vacationed in Miami. His it is rumored that his wife and children love Miami. Why wouldn't you? They don't speak English. Um, Lionel Messi speaks very broken English. So, you know, it would be a very That's natural not an impediment in Miami. It, no, not at all. In fact, <laughs> it's actually a benefit. It's, it's a benefit because it is the Latin American capital of, of the world, per se. And, and the Latin population is massive. And, and it's not just the Latin population is much different than the Latin population in Arizona or New Mexico or Texas. We're talking about these are people that are coming from South America, Central America. Well, no, my, the like, I, I'm actually recording this from Lima, Peru right now. And, and my joke is that somehow the entire 35 million person population of Peru has an uncle in Miami. Sure, now, I, don't know how, I, don't, I don't know how that works. I don't know how the math works out there. That would seem <laughs> to be a mathematical impossibility, but I'm convinced all 35 million Peruvians have an uncle in Miami. For sure. And, but, but the thing is, with, with or Messi, maybe Fort Lauderdale, maybe a stretch, <laughs> um, but, you know, maybe only because they didn't want to live in Miami. 
Um, you know, Miami's expensive. Yeah, Fort Lauderdale was was more more a little cheaper, a little cheaper in Broward County. Um, but but I mean, so yeah, you you had you know, and obviously he wanted to go back to Barcelona where he was where he became famous, but they couldn't make a deal to put go together. They have a there's a deal in soccer um, that most clubs have to follow, not here in the states, but it's called financial fair play. And basically, it puts all these clubs on equal playing fields in terms of how much they spend. Because back in the '80s into the '90s, clubs were spending ungodly amounts of money to bring in players but it was only a select few who could afford it it's kind of like baseball here in the states you have the yankees yeah. that are big spenders the mets that are becoming big spenders but then you also have the a's and the royals who don't spend any money at all what financial fair play does is it puts all those teams kind of on an equal playing field it doesn't relegate how much you can spend it only relegates how much you can spend based on how much you bring in you basically can't spend more than you make and, and Barcelona has had a real hard time getting to that even keel. So there was no way they could register a contract with Lionel Messi. And if they did, they're going to have to cut players or reduce player salaries. And Messi very candidly said, I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be the one responsible for telling another player he can't make what he what he should make. And, and I think that, that, that speaks volume. So the only and plus, I, you know, I think. With Saudi Arabia, you have some some rights issues. Um, you know, you have the the PIF, the the, the infrastructure fund there that's run by um, by by the Saudi prince. It owns it now owns the top four all the top four teams in the league. So there's not much parity there. Um, it's really not a challenge for him outside of just playing in the heat. Um, so that really left the only deal to be Miami. Now, obviously, Inter Miami and MLS they have spending caps. Teams cannot go out and just spend gobs of money on players. It doesn't work. Um, that's not the financial model. They tried that with the with the USL and it failed. Um, but back when Pele and and, and all those players were, were coming here, uh, Jurgen Klinsmann, things like that. Um, so they one of the rules they had for MLS was we're going to have a cap. So obviously, Inter Miami could not pony up three, you know, four million dollars a week to pay Lionel Messi. So you have to get creative. And how do you do that? Well, you have to find incentives. You have to find other partners that are willing to help offset what Messi would make being paid directly by a team in another revenue stream. So it's not official, but the common knowledge in terms of the contract is that Lionel Messi is going to get a revenue share with Adidas, um, which is massive. That is a huge deal. Um, that is like a sneaker deal with Michael Jordan. If you if you watch the 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 movie uh, Air, uh, it's it's very similar to that. Basically, Lionel Messi is going to get a percentage of any and all jerseys sold uh, or gear sold that has Lionel Messi's name on it, and that is massive. That is a that is not a cheap chunk of change. Um, that is more than you might think. Um, the, and obviously, he's going to be paid by Inter Miami. Uh, there's discussion that he may get the same deal that David Beckham did, and that is he will get a, a reduced rate, either the ability to own part of Inter Miami, which he's expressed interest in doing, or a reduced rate to own his own team somewhere else. But the deal here, what brings Apple into the mix, is that another part of the deal, and probably one of the stronger points here, is that he also will have a revenue, revenue share deal with Apple. Now, you might ask, well, why? Um, because what are they sharing? Apple made, it signed a rather large deal to stream you have soccer. That's it. Uh, uh, Apple TV has the exclusive rights to the MLS, and they paid $2.5 billion um, to secure those rights just recently. Um, and it's a 10-year agreement, uh, and it is big. And Apple made a – at the time, Apple made what they thought was a, a very dangerous bet on MLS because, again, it's, it's soccer. It's probably the – the, the fifth most popular you know sporting league in the country um but I think oh yeah yeah no uh, it, I, it is absolutely number five it's below uh football basketball baseball and hockey and exactly 
and and with no prospect in the immediate future of surpassing any of those. Not until now. Um, Not until I now. Think, yeah. I, I think I think you will see it surpass. So you know, Apple yeah. Tim Tim Cook's bet on this deal is now paying off, and so part of the deal is that. Um, any subscribers to uh, the 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 season pass, MLS season pass, which is about $50 a season. I think it's now down to $40 a season because we're already into the season. Um, Lionel Messi gets a cut. And it's an absolute brilliant deal because ne- and Apple TV is a global platform. You sure. didn't have you didn't have people buying MLS season pass in Europe. They will now. No, they will now. You, yeah. You didn't have people in South America buying MLS season pass. They will now. They absolutely will now. And if you think, and you know, Apple TV did a thing where uh, you know some of the games were free, so you didn't have to sign up. Now uh, they may still have free games. Inter Miami will not be one of them. Inter Miami will not be one of them. Absolutely, <laughs> it will not, not be one of them. So uh, you know, and th- th- this adds a, an interesting component. So what the MLS and Inter Miami was able to do was not only say, okay, you know, we'll pay you, but we've also got Adidas on board and we have Apple on board um, that will provide you revenue share. But again, at the end of the day, for Lionel Messi, I don't. I, we talk about money. It wasn't about money. This was not a move for money. If it was a move for money, he wouldn't. He's be got more money, money than he can ever spend already. He, he did this to, because he wanted to. He yeah. would have taken the cash and gone to Saudi Arabia and played, you know, with Cristiano Ronaldo, done whatever, and just and just played out his days. This was not about money. This was about a challenge. Every great athlete wants a challenge. They want to be challenged continuously. They they're not happy just doing the status quo. And the challenge here is you're going to a brand new league that you never played in, one that struggles. It doesn't struggle, but I mean, in, in comparison to the other four major leagues here in the States, it struggles. Um, and, and a team that arguably as well struggles. I mean, the playoffs last year, they're dead last right now. They've got, I think, 16 points in 15 matches. That's not good. Uh, you get three points for a win. So that gives you an indication as to how Inter-Miami has performed. So th- there's a challenge here. Plus, the family loves Miami. Um, but I think what they've done here is they've been able to put together a very – competitive, very lucrative, more lucrative than I think you might think. And the interesting part about this in terms of from an investing perspective, earlier this week, Apple had their, uh, you know, developers conference. Much ballyhoo, what's new? What is Apple going to release new? It happens all the time. People love it. Stock usually does very well. Well, it didn't this year. No. Um, they 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 un- they unveiled their Vision Pro, which is their uh, virtual reality headset. Uh, and initially, I, I track this over. You know, but it's actually not. Minute. What was the word they used? It's not a virtual <laughs> reality headset. It's an immersive computer. It, it, yeah, it's immersive. It's a wearable computer. It's I, a computer you wear in your face. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you know, there's a lot of confusion about it, even when Tim Cook was up and, and talking about it. Things like that. There's still a lot of confusion. The stock went up a little bit. Um, but to the minute, and you can look at this on a chart if you look at history, to the minute, it's about 2 o'clock Eastern, I think. To the minute when the price was announced for the Vision Pro, which is at a robust $3,500, the stock price dropped 1.2% to the end of the day. <laughs> I mean, that it's rare is... that Apple whiffs on a product launch. They yeah, kind of whiffed on this did, one. And they, did. They, they have great marketing. This was not one of their greatest achievements. Now, the interesting part of this is fast forward to um, Wednesday, Thursday. This is when the rumblings are starting to come about about Messi joining. Um, this will be Wednesday. Uh, nothing's really finalized until towards the market close. Um, Apple stock is down on Wednesday, uh, down about about 1.7% um, over the week. And obviously, a lot of that on the heels of their kind of disastrous launch. Um, on Thursday, uh, interesting enough, when now this news has started to settle, um, 
the athletic reports, you know, it's rev share deal, things like that. Apple stock goes up 1.2% from from that low on from that low the day before. So, I mean, to, to, you it's can't a tell me. trillion dollar company now. Yeah. Right? And, and, it's, and, and that's, that, that and moved making, the needle. It carried the NASDAQ to a 1.1% gain on the day. Um, cause if you look at, if you could, if you look a, a way to tell if big, if larger holdings are carrying a, a, an overall index is look at the equal weighted index, uh, the equal weighted ETF to trade, um, for the NASDAQ, which is like QQQE. Um, th- that, uh, that ETF, I believe was down on the day, but the NASDAQ was up 1%. I think that the cap weighted NASDAQ. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the cap weighted NASDAQ was up, I think 0.2%. What that should tell you is that okay, these the, the the rest of the market in the Nasdaq, the Nasdaq 100 is carrying the Nasdaq. Apple is, and Apple's a big enough company that it'll do that. And so you have the signing of Lionel Messi, the partnership with Apple, and that is carried off into you know pushing the Nasdaq up to highs. Apple for a while has been talking about wanting to be more of a media company, and Apple TV has has really not gotten much traction. Apple TV is definitely you know Netflix and, and Disney and Amazon are, are are head and shoulders above above Apple in media. This potentially changes that. It does. And, and you know, the other thing that Apple kind of struggles with in terms of launching Apple TV is, is developing movies and shows that people want to watch. Um, obviously, you've got the writer's strike, which is a big hindrance now. But, you know, Apple TV was kind of already behind the eight ball in terms of trying to get new series because they, they don't really go out and license shows as, as Netflix does. Or, or, or they the don't pay nearly. Yeah, they don't, they they don't get the budget for it. But they, yeah. they focus more on original content. Um, yep. Which is great. I mean, that, that's a, that's a great model to have. The problem is, is that you actually have to keep pumping out original content, as as a Disney Plus does, um, yep. with having you know the Star series and Marvel series and things like that. Um, Apple TV has kind of lagged that, which is why you've seen you've not seen a lot of excitement around Apple TV, uh, Apple TV Plus, the subscription service um, until because, now. Until now, um, and, and it's interesting that the the fifth most popular you know sporting league in the country is going to have the potential to carry Apple TV to new heights. Uh, that's just something that you would not have thought of um, going into it. Um, we but now, I think interesting times. We do. So, I, you know, I think, you know, is, is Apple tradable? Is it something that you, you should look at for your well, portfolio? Matt, Matt let, let's talk about that because sure. you and Adam O'Dell run the stock power rating system. That's your, your in-house stock rating system. Let, let's, let's look at that. I, I did pull the data for Apple. Mm-hmm. It does rate a bullish sixty-four out of one hundred. It does. Uh, for, in your in your rating system, anything over sixty is considered bullish. It's something yes. that you know your historical data suggests it's in a good position to mm-hmm. double the market market's return over the next twelve months. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's you know th- that's that that's a, that's a strong statement. And the it data is. is of course always backward looking. Correct. None of the data that is used to compile that score is. is taking into account no. Apple's potential media success no. here. So I, I think if anything, uh, Apple's score is probably uh, understated here. I think so it I is. Think that and, is interesting. And the other thing is, is if you look at that score on the whole, obviously Apple mm-hmm. gets hit by its size. And, you know, it is a big, big company. Um, but outside of that, in terms of its other factors, uh, you know, it still rates very well. Um, it's got good momentum. It rates exceptionally um, strongly on everything except for size and uh, value. It rates. Value. It doesn't rates. It doesn't, doesn't 
doesn't rate so great, but it rates exceptionally well and everything else. Exactly. And those are the things, I mean, size, I can kind of look past um, a little bit. Adam and I, you know, we look at all six of the factors that, that make up the stock power rating system. They're all equally important. Um, but when you look at a company like Apple, you automatically go into that knowing that its size is going to be a bad score. True. So if you if you take that out, does that still does that mean that Apple is a, a bad investment? And the answer is no, it's not. It's got strong momentum, uh, very low volatility. Its value is a little off. But if you look at the broader tech market, it's one of the highest quality companies in the world. And that it's, quality it's, is driven by its profitability and its balance sheet strength. It, exactly. It's, it's rock it's solid return, on that. It's, re, it's returns on assets, investment, equity are, are you know, above par with the rest of its industry. Uh, you know, the company continues to churn out profits. I mean, Tim Cook's not a dummy. He knows how to make money. Um, yes, you know, it does. And, and, and uh, this, uh, this apart from computers you wear on your face, apparently that's that may be his, <laughs> his one whip so far. Yeah, uh, you know, but but on the broader scale, I mean, and, and Apple, even though it's big, it's a big company, it still has the ability to pivot. You look at, um, you know, semiconductors and things like that. Obviously, they were getting semiconductors well, No, but think about, I mean, Apple, think about how many times they pivoted. This is a, com this is a company that started making um, computers that were really losing out to, to Windows machines. I mean, the Macs were a really not a popular ecosystem. Michael Dell famously said, you know, if Apple wants to do its shareholders a favor, they should just go out of business and return cash to their shareholders. Boy, did he live to eat those words. Apple reinvented itself first with the iPod, then the iPhone, and then to a lesser extent, the iPad, and then wearables like the uh, like the earbuds you're wearing. And mm -hmm. the uh, those are those are Apple. Those are Apple. Yeah. There. I'm, I'm actually on, on a Mac laptop and I have my Apple watch. You, you do have the watch. I have my iPhone. So you are a, you're a I walking am, uh, I advertisement here. I, I am an Apple nerd. <laughs> Uh, and that was before, but, 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 but this uh, shows you like how how Apple keeps how keep it keeps reinventing itself. I mean, the Apple Watch is no longer a new product. It's what seven years old now. Yeah. But you know that like they basically made wearables cool. Or before that was nerd stuff. Man, nobody wanted to. I mean, you would look like a uh, the guy that would get you know the big a Casio sign on his the, back. The big Casio calculator watch that was. Well, no, no, no my, my mental image is like a guy from a 1980s comedy that'd be walking around with like a kick me sign on his back, <laughs> and I mean, like that's who would wear wearables, and now they're cool. Like, like it's it's a cool product. Yeah. And so you know them pivoting now into sports and media, I I, I expect they will be successful. They they haven't really. Uh, okay, apart from the face computer, they, they, which we'll just call that an aberration. They, they really yeah. have yet to win. I think they still have a ways to go. I don't. I don't think they're there yet in terms of getting to where they want to be, and especially in the media side of things. There's still an uphill battle. There's still a lot of competition in that market. But I think Apple but this has. Is, this, this is a major momentum changer. This is a huge. This is a huge game changer for for Apple, and I think. Um, you know, if you're looking at this from a, a long-term, you know, perspective, not necessarily a buy and hold, but a long-term perspective, I think you could do a lot worse than Apple. And I think this investment into MLS, this investment into a player like Lionel Messi, um, I think is going to pay dividends, no pun intended, uh, is going to pay dividends for this company down the road. So I, I think there's there's a lot of strength here. And I know Apple, you know, it's 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 a it's it's a common company. Everyone knows it. Uh, you know, everyone everyone has probably owned stock in Apple at one point or another. And I think that if you don't own it, you know, and if you're looking for a long-term investment, oh, you can do a lot everybody worse. owns it. If nothing else, you own it via your S&P 500 index fund. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So but you it's do one it, of those companies, no worse. matter how big it gets, they seem to keep finding a way to reinvent themselves. 
Well, Matt, on that note, we're uh, we're actually at time, so we'll uh, we'll we'll wrap this up. But thanks for coming on the show. I thoroughly enjoyed this. I I, I love this mixture of sports and um, and, and money. I get, to, I get to, I get to get when I talk about sports and finance. I love. I just the nerd hat just comes <laughs> out, and it just it becomes almost unbearable to everyone around me. But the enthusiasm jumps out of the screen. So uh, <laughs> no, it, it, it's... <laughs> I, I appreciate the time. It was, it was a lot of fun. I know we used to do this a lot before. And, and so it's, it's nice to be able to get back in the saddle and do this again. Yes, sir. All right. Well, on that note, thanks to our viewers returning for, for tuning in as well. And this is going to wrap up this week's episode of the Banyan Edge podcast. Please tune in next week. And until then, go out and make yourself some money.